In the fall, I was considering, you know, my future, you know, career-wise. This was last fall. And I did what I've done many, many times. My dad was down for a visit, and he and I sat on the porch together, and we had a conversation. And I just kind of was asking him questions and kind of sharing what I was thinking. And, you know, in that kind of interaction, my dad shared with me a couple of stories about his career and his life. You know, these are things that when I was... When I was at, at that time, I had no idea what was even going on. But he shared with me one particular story about how he had made a decision to leave a position based on principle. And he explained to me all the, all the details and particulars of that decision. And I was so encouraged by that. But it was so important for me to be there with my dad during that time. I was all ears and I was totally dialed in. As he shared about an important life decision that he had made that I was unaware of at the time. To this day, when making an important decision, I will always run it by my dad before moving forward. And you know what? In in typical dad fashion, he doesn't always have a lot to say. He doesn't always have a lot of advice to give. A lot of times he'll just say, son, I trust your judgment. But the acceptance and the approval that I receive in that interaction, to me, is priceless. And it will keep me going back every time I have a major decision to make. You know, as dad's It is easy to underestimate the importance of the contribution that we make in our children's lives. Sadly, many dads believe that their role is just ordinary, right? If everyone's eating and living indoors, then I've done my job, right? That's the temptation. And to be fair, even the Bible is an incomplete handbook when it comes to being a father. And because we're not always certain... How to be a good dad, we tend to gravitate towards things that are simple and straightforward, right? I'll cut the grass. I'll, you know, I'll pay that bill. I'll earn that income. I'll fix the door. You know, don't ask me to teach my kids anything, but I'll fix the door because I don't feel very qualified and I'll pay those bills. And you know, I hesitate, right? I was unsure how to approach this, but to make things more complicated in many modern families, someone who is not the biological father is functioning in that role. Whether it's mom, stepdad, grandpa, you've seen it, grandma, or foster parent as a primary caregiver and disciplinarian, it's a tough job. So things are complicated for us. Today we're going to look at a story in the New Testament that illustrates the importance of a relationship between a parent and a child. We're going to see how for Jesus his father's approval was a priority. And it prepared him to faithfully persevere through hard times to complete the work that the father had given him. May we be challenged and inspired this morning by the example of our heavenly father. Turn to Matthew chapter 3. Just going to cover five verses this morning. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? You know, in verse 11, John talks about Jesus coming and baptizing with fire and the Holy Spirit. But in contrast to that, Jesus comes now humbly. He submits himself to God by participating in this ritual of baptism. And John says, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Can you imagine that your Savior asking you to baptize him? 
John felt unqualified to play the role that God had given him to play. Now, I often feel unqualified to do what I'm doing, you know, preaching and teaching the Word of God, leading a church. But several years ago, God impressed upon me this truth, that the level of skill is much less important than the level of sincerity. You know, what matters is that you mean it. Recently, I was at the hospital with a mother whose son was fighting for his life. And as we stood by the bedside, I felt very unqualified to do anything to help. To say, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. So I just hugged her. And we prayed together. And we interceded on his behalf to the Lord. And though John isn't qualified to do Jesus' job, you know, his willingness to trust Jesus' direction qualifies him to do his job. Verse 15. Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. Jesus says it is proper for us to do this. What is the significance of Jesus' baptism in this situation? Number one, he was showing support for what John was doing. You know, John had been doing this on behalf of God. He had been doing his part, playing his role, and Jesus was affirming that. Number two, Jesus was inaugurating his own public ministry. And then number three, he was identifying with the penitent people of God. So there were two kinds of folks in the crowd with John. There were the people who were open to God's influence. They were submitting to baptism. They were joining in the movement. And then there were the other guys standing around. The Pharisees, the religious leaders saying, who is this guy? And were they being baptized? Pfft, we don't need baptism. We haven't done anything wrong. We're, we're righteous. So think about Jesus, the Savior, stepping through that and saying, I will submit myself to this. I will submit myself to God. I will, you know, be a part of this baptism ritual. So Jesus is saying, I'm not like these guys. I myself am under authority. John understood that his role was to prepare the way for Jesus, and so he deferred to Jesus' direction in this situation. It's as if John is saying, God, I am pleased to just do my part. Now, is that your heart today? I'm just, I just want to do my part. Years ago, I was in an a cappella singing group. I was given one of two solos for a song called Be Ye Glad. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm a bass, but I was singing a low tenor part in that song, and I was a little bit concerned that I was going to really flub it, you know, and kind of crack my voice. So my, my, my goal in that, singing that song wasn't to show out and be the star. I just wanted to do my part and not screw up the song for everybody that had to listen to it. And so I think that's what's going on here. John knows that he's only been called to play a part, a bit part in a larger story. And though he's been the important man for a season, he is more than happy to step aside for the star of the show. Verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. So God does something miraculous to grab everybody's attention and highlight the importance of what he's about to say. It's almost like that dramatic pause before somebody says something important. God's setting the stage to deliver his message. Verse 17, and here's the key verse this morning. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son. Whom I love. 
with him I am well pleased. Now Jesus, the perfect man, didn't need baptism for sin, but he accepted baptism in obedient service to the Father, and God showed his approval as a response. You know, God's approval made a huge difference in the life and ministry of Jesus. You see him going back time and time again to his Father. For Jesus, God's opinion was his priority. And the approval of the Father, as we see in the life and ministry of Jesus, it strengthened Jesus to go through hard times. It strengthened Jesus to persevere when there was opposition, when there was criticism, when there were plots. Jesus persevered because he had the approval of his Father. So what are the God lessons for us this week? You know, knowing that God has a plan makes it easier for us to trust Jesus knew the ending of this story. He knew that his father was going to utilize his teaching and his sacrifice to open the door of salvation for untold many. John also knew that his role was only to prepare the way for someone greater. This enabled him to willingly defer and submit to Jesus. Can you imagine how odd it would be, you know, the Secret Service rolls up, you know, the, the entourage of Escalades. You know it's the president. And then the Secret Service agent steps out ahead, and he kind of just takes a bow. How awkward would that be? And in the same way, John knew that his role was just to introduce the star. Even though John was given authority and power, he never let it go to his head because he knew that God had a plan, and that made it easier for him to submit to God. You know, receiving... God's approval, his approval makes it easier to submit. Jesus received God's approval before beginning his public ministry. We see it right here. It's like God is saying to the Son, he's saying, I approve of you before you do. I approve of you before you do. And knowing that he had already received his Father's approval inspired Jesus to follow through on what he was given to do. And also, God has a part for each of us to play. You know, John was clear from the beginning that God had a role for him to play. And though he knew that his job was important, it was also just primarily to set the stage for Jesus. And when he was asked to step aside, he was more than happy to. He describes himself like a bride, like a, like a groomsman rejoicing at the arrival of the bridegroom. Because he knew that God had a part for him to play, and he was just happy to do his part. So this morning, there's three things I want you to consider. Dads, but also those who are wearing the dad hat. And I applaud you. It's not the way God intended, but you're stepping up to the plate and you're doing what you can do. Number one, let's give approval. Let's give approval. Let's be willing to say as the Father did to Jesus, I approve of you before you do. You know, in fact, the truth is that God often approves of us in spite of what we do. You know, Romans 5, 8 is clear that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. So let's give our approval. You know, the truth is that God approves of us for only one reason. It's because of Christ. 
He approves of us because of Christ, not because of anything we have or haven't done, simply because of what Christ did. You know, let's love our children as God loves us. Let's love our children. Let's approve of our children before they behave, before there's an outcome. And let's approve of our children in spite of how they behave. Unconditional love, it's the same as what we receive from the Father. You know, let's express our confidence in them. I know you can do it. I know that God will enable you to do this. And let's be aware of our influence. Man, our words, our actions, they carry a lot of weight. And you know, as a dad, I get this. It's tough. You know, it's easy to want to just step aside, step into the background, let things go as they are, and not get involved. Because I'm not really sure exactly how to insert myself in any and every situation. But my approval is powerful. My words carry weight. Number two, let's give direction to our children. You know, with position comes responsibility. And the truth that kind of changed my life with my kids is if I don't direct them, someone will. Someone will. Friends, is that who I want directing my children? Coaches, athletes, I mean, they're really great to watch on TV, but do I really want them directing my children? Pop stars, let's get on the voice, right? I want to be on American Idol. I want to be just like them. Actors, I mean, I appreciate their craft, man. I enjoy a good actor, but is that who I want directing my children? And then sadly, if we continue to be passive, maybe it'll be addicts that influence our kids and say, hey, try this. This will make you feel good and set them down a path, a trajectory that's going to harm them. Maybe it'll be criminals if we don't step in. So with position becomes responsibility. You know, I don't want to pressure my children either. I'm not like that. The way I, I, I like to lead is I want to inspire my kids. I want to set an example for my kids. But then I consider the alternative. You know, a lot of times... You know, giving no direction to our kids would be like releasing rudderless ships into stormy seas. They don't even know how to steer. They're just out there being tossed and turned by the waves. And we're just on the shore cheer- just hoping, wishing that they would make good choices. But we haven't given them direction. You know, we're all unqualified. <laughs> Any qualified parents in here? Me either. We're all unqualified. But we can do one thing. You know, if we could do one thing when it comes to giving direction, this would make a huge difference. We just show them that God's opinion is our priority, just like Jesus did. God's opinion is our priority. The way we make choices, the way we live our lives, the things that we care about, it's because we're being influenced by what God thinks, what God values, what God cares about. And if we could teach them that one thing, could you imagine how it would change their future if they realized that for mom and dad, God's opinion is their priority, and maybe it should be mine too. So let's give direction. With position comes opportunity, you know, not just responsibility. I can make a difference, you know, for a very brief period. I'm like God to my children. 
You know, when I'm really big and they're really little, everything I say, everything I do, I know everything, I can do anything. When I give direction, it's like a command. So for a very brief period, I'm like God. But after that, my job for the rest of their lives is simply to point them to God. To point them to God with my actions, with my choices, with my considerations. Point them to God. You know, as a father, it helps me to understand that I'm just playing a part in the life of my child. I will have tremendous influence for a season. And I want to make the most of this 18 to 20 year period to bond with them and to earn their trust because I want my voice to matter when they have many, many voices to listen to. I want my voice to still matter. I want to continue to have opportunities to point them to God with my example and my advice. So let's give our approval. Let's give direction. And number three, let's be available. Let's be available. Let's not settle for quality time. Don't fall into that trap. Kids, we're going to have quality time. Friday night for an hour and a half, we're going to have quality time. We're going to pack it in. And it might be several more weeks before we have quality time again, but it's going to be quality. We're going to make it quality. Several years ago, I was listening to an illustration on the fish. It's about 10 years ago now, and Taylor was talking about being in the backyard playing with his kids. And he said they were just out there goofing around. I think he was laying down on the, the sidewalk and his kids were drawing around him with chalk. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, it's a myth that we can have quality time. Quality comes out of quantity. Quality comes out of quantity. So it's those small deposits of time over time. It's not the big ones. It's those little things that you do. It's those conversations that you have. It's those books that you read. It's those games that you play. It's those times where they ask for your attention and you give it. So let's be available. We want our voice to matter when they have many voices to seek out. And you know those times when your children have those spontaneous expressions of love? Aren't those your favorite? They draw you a card. They draw you a picture. They say, Mommy, I love you. Daddy, I love you. And you know what the truth is? is Those come out of a full heart. When their little hearts are full. When we are giving approval. When we're having the courage to give direction. When we're being available. It fills up their little hearts. And it does that thing that we all desire the most. It opens their heart to our influence. And as they get older, that's what we want desperately. We want influence so that when they're struggling or when they're successful, that they're still, like I do with my dad, coming back, just running it by you, asking a couple questions, or just informing you, letting you celebrate with him, letting you struggle with him, because that's what we want. We want influence. We want to still have a voice. And the way to do it is if we approve of them, if we give direction and we remain available, we're more likely to fill their hearts and open them to our influence and the influence of our Heavenly Father. You know, we can't ignore our children for 11 and a half months and then make up for it with a memorable vacation, right? Or an epic Christmas. Wow, man, Dad went all out this year. Mom went all out. They got me everything I wanted. But I'm not going to see him for another 11 months. Now, I get this. This 
this is tough, you know. I'm busy too. We're, we're all busy, but let's be available and let's make a difference. Because the reason that we're up to this, the reason that Jesus needed the approval of his Father so much is to prepare for hard times. Because they're coming. Many of us have been through them. Hard times are coming. Let's prepare our children for hard times. You know, these can be great opportunities for growth. Think about the times in your life when you really grew up, when you took responsibility, when you changed. It was when you went through hard times. But what was the key element? It was that you had support. You had somebody to talk to. You had somebody to go to. Somebody that had invested in you, had made deposits in your heart over time. And they had influence. What if we'd be willing to give them our approval, to say, I approve of you before you do. Like, I, I love you, hon. I love you. Before you do anything, in spite of what you do, I love you. I approve of you. you if you want daddy's approval, you've got it. And let that be a foundation for them to fall back on. You know, after disciplining me, and it happened a lot, if I'm honest, my dad would, would whoop me, and I, I deserved it. But afterward, he would say the same thing every time. It was like a little mantra that he had. He said, I love you no matter what, and that will never change. I love you no matter what, and that will never change. And that made a huge impact in my life, that I knew I had my dad's approval no matter what. What if we would accept responsibility to take advantage of opportunities to direct our children? Imagine what a difference we could make. What if we'd be willing to be consistently available? What if we were around long enough for quality to come out of quantity and to savor those spontaneous expressions of a full heart? And we've all gotten a chance to do that. Let's follow the example of the Father with Jesus and make a difference in the lives of our children. I'm going to close in prayer, but as we're closing, I'd like, you know, because like I said, this is a mixed bag now. It's not so simple, but I'd like everybody to reach across and touch shoulders. And let's pray for those dads, but let's also pray for those that are wearing the dad hat. Everybody touching somebody, and then let's pray together. Oh, you're going to go up there. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the example that you've shown and the way that you interacted with your son, Jesus, and the way that you approved of him, God, and that it was such a powerful thing when you told him that you loved him, when you told him that you were pleased, it inspired him, God, and that you were willing to give him direction, to tell him what to do or just to tell him what to focus on, what are the priorities. And at that time, God, the priority was for people to be reintroduced to you to realize that they'd been sold a bill of goods, that you are not a mean God and a hateful God, but that you're a loving God. You're a just God, but you're a loving God, and that you are willing to send your own son to the cross to pay for our sins so that we could be accepted by you. And that God, whenever Jesus needed you, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, God, when he came to you, and he was struggling and he was broken, and he didn't know if he could take one more step, you encouraged him. You ministered to him. And you let him know that it had to be this way. So that people like me 
could be saved and could be forgiven. So God, I pray that we would learn from these lessons and that we would take advantage, God, of every opportunity that that you give us to be a, a, a powerful presence in our children's lives with love and approval, with direction and taking opportunities and with being available and making those small deposits of time over time. God, it's hard. We often feel uncertain and we're tempted to just withdraw. I'm tempted to withdraw and just do what's easy, do what's simple. But God, you're calling us to wade in. You're calling us to invest. You're calling us to make a difference in in the lives of our children now so that when they're older and they're out of the house, God, and they're dealing with all of the challenges out there and all of the hard things and all of the temptations and all of the confusing things, God, that they can come home. And that they can seek us out. And that we can tenderly, based on a solid foundation that we've built of love and care for them, we can tenderly point them to you, the good, good Father, and that you can direct their lives in such a way that they can look back at the end of their life and feel a lot of peace and joy because you've been their Father and you've directed their paths. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.